0: Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when the light bulb won't download MPEG-4s.
1: I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. (laughs) (laughs) That was was one. That was one. That was
0: one. So we only have one more laugh that we're allowed.
1: At a maximum. At One or two.
0: Yes. If there are no more laughs, that would also be acceptable. Yes. If there are two more laughs, we'd be in breach of contract. Exactly. And we'd be liable for any damages. Exactly. So with that sort of out of the way, I think we can get started here on this legally sturdy ground that we have established here in the studio today. Yes. So our first topic for tonight is talking about what in the world we think AirTags are going to be like and how AirTags are going to connect to the iPhone. This was sent in by Sam. If you want to send in a suggestion of your own, go over to darkmodepodcast.com. That's drkmodepodcast.com. And you'll find all the links to listen to the podcast as well as to send us any suggestions. We've really, didn't, we've really enjoyed reading the emails that you guys have sent us, so keep them coming. Mm-hmm. And this first one about AirTags... Is, I think, an interesting question because my goodness, has there ever been a product that is all hype and no substance more than AirTags? I think that this, maybe not proportionately in terms of like quantity, but in terms of, I guess it is proportionately uh, more hype and less product than like Cyberpunk, Star Citizen. Those are like mega hype games. This isn't a game, but I think this is. I'm, like why do people care
1: well you know those things exist now that's true <laughs> which this I mean air tags have been rumored for a long time I would I would argue uh, I don't know where air power fits into the mix I feel like mm. I feel like that was fairly uh, rumored about and then it sort of vanished
0: I don't know because I think I think so it was rumored like I think when it was it wasn't rumored as much before it was announced between when it was announced and when it was discontinued, or I should say abandoned. Yeah. Uh, between that time, there was a decent bit of like, I think people people were sort of like, oh, well, AirPower is coming this time. And I, I, actually, now that I say it out loud, I think that's pretty similar to what we're getting now.
1: Well, but that, you actually made a good point, though, is that Apple announced uh, AirPower. They still haven't announced AirTags. Yeah. How long has it been that we've been getting AirTag rumors? At this point. At least September, but I feel like it's been longer than that, right? Oh, uh, September? Are you kidding? I, I thought you... Like,
0: September of 2019, maybe. Really? Oh, easily. I feel like air tags have been at least a year. At least. May, probably more than that, if we're being honest.
1: It's been a long time, and it's been... It's funny, because it, it has been a long time, but it's also been... The least, like, what, like if you're talking about the proportion of the product uh, hype to the to the uh, release, I guess yeah. there's been in the release category, there's zero, no announcement, no release, no teaser, nothing. So it's actually, um, it's you know, depending on how you do your fraction, it's either zero or it's infinity. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I can't fault your logic on that one.
0: It's, yeah, honestly, I I don't get the hype. I think at this point, it's just it's just the sort of endless fascination with Apple leaks and rumors regardless of what the devices actually are. Mm -hmm. Because like I feel like, I don't know, I get the sense whenever I go on Twitter or when I read specifically the comments on um, tech news articles that talk about Apple leaks, not just AirTags, but pretty much anything, I feel like uh, half the time it's people judging Apple for the things that they haven't actually done yet because it's a leak. They're saying, wow, that's stupid of Apple to hypothetically do this in the future, potentially, maybe. Yeah. So it's like 50% preemptive judgment. And then the other 50% is just like wild speculation, correction based on no actual insider knowledge. And just generally, people who aren't really interested in buying it, I think it's more of like a spectator sport than anything at this point especially with air tags i mean i'll admit it's pretty amusing like it seems like every week there's some new are air tags going to come out and then they don't and then it's just more fuel for next week's speculation about air tags so i and i feel like as soon as the air tags come out people are just gonna go oh neat and then never speak of them ever again
1: yeah, like, I, I mean, realistically, they're just, it's like the tile, but yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it'll be better because it's more integrated in the ecosystem. But, like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's basically the tile. The tile's been out forever. Like, yeah, no, I agree. People are, are very into the idea of, like, a new Apple product that I don't. Like yeah, when it comes out, they're not gonna like they, they they care about it so much because it's this new Apple product that's like being rumored about and everyone wants to know what's going on. But once it comes out, I really, I don't know, people are gonna care too much.
0: I mean, I don't care already, and they're yeah. not even out yet because I feel like I mean, how how interesting could they possibly be? I'm sure you know this is Apple we're talking about. I feel like even when Apple does announce stuff, you you get so excited. And then afterwards, when like your non-tech friends ask you, oh, well, what's new? You're like, oh, well, uh, there's this thing. And then like when you, I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but like when you watch an Apple event, you're like, oh, wow, that's insane. That's so cool and crazy. But then afterwards, when you think about it and you try to
1: like go over everything that's interesting, it's not that interesting. Yeah, no, they do. They do such a good job in the keynotes of like making everything seem really cool. I'm like, sometimes it is really cool, but yeah. like, yeah, there are some. Like, there have been some iPhone uh, like um, models that are, you know, some of them are not as uh, as big of a leap as as the other ones, and and the AirTags and like all those other things where like they seem so cool, and and then you think about it, and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay.
0: I think I think iPhones are the biggest culprit of that. Mm-hmm. I haven't had as much of that with the Mac because I feel like, well, first of all, Macs don't make keynote appearances as often as True. iPhones. Because like, if you think about it, Macs get internal refreshes very frequently. And those don't require any sort of press attention. Well, they'll get an attention, but they don't require any direct like keynote presentation from Apple. Right. With the iPhone, every single year, that is a keynote. It is a staple in their lineup so there has to be something to talk about and and i feel like that leads to you know you got to fill some time to some degree yeah i mean like okay so on the iphone 12 pro i i like my iphone 12 pro do you like you have a pro i have the pro max they're great and the mini i also have the mini s the mini is the unsung hero of this generation of iphone and i will not apologize for that no one is buying the things yeah but they're so good but realistically, the big feature for this year's iPhone was square. It was just a square design. Pretty much. Like okay, so they got a little bit bigger screen, cool. Um, they got lidar on the Pros, which are useless. <laughs> yeah. I have not even. You could. You could. Someone could come in the middle of the night and steal the lidar sensor out of my phone. I don't know how they would do it, but if they <laughs> did. I legitimately would not notice.
1: Fair. That's LIDAR fair.
0: has made next to no difference for me whatsoever. Okay, maybe it's maybe it makes the Measure app more accurate. Yeah. Perhaps. But, again, I, I don't really use the Measure <laughs> app all that often. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where they spent a lot of time and they have their, their little animations where it projects all the dots. And you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, I, I don't actually really use that all that much.
1: Yeah. Then there were some other things that people are mentioning in the comments. They said 5G. Mm-hmm. 5G is cool. My favorite thing is um, whenever I see the UW, the ultra wideband, in the in the status part, I always run a speed test, and then if it's a, a good enough number, I'll send a screenshot to Luke. So what I was like, the highest you got? It was like 2500 megabits per second, I think. Something yeah. like that. It was like really. That's ridiculous. But it's like, if it's you really can good. find it, and if you yeah. stay if you stay still once you find it, then you can you can use it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is. So when, when, when Noah was looking for apartments coming down to D.C., when we were you know doing this office studio podcast thing, we went to this one place, which is a weird place. We didn't like it. But on the way out, there was like, what, four square feet <laughs> yeah. of ultra wideband? It was literally four feet. It was like one sidewalk tile yeah. that had ultra wideband. And that was it. And then we moved forward and it was gone. It was back down to like, it wasn't even 5G, it was like down to LTE. <laughs> it was like that big of a jump. And it does beg the question. I, I mean, I think that it's kind of scummy for all of these communications companies to be advertising it as like a feature. It, if, if it were just, if 5G ultra wideband were the feature I would be promised, I would be very disappointed because all of the 5G speed tests that I've done have been
1: very, very marginally, if not the same. Yeah, I I uh, have to agree. I feel like like okay, so like you're talking about five G coverage, like the regular five G, not the ultra band. I get pretty good coverage of that, but I feel like I don't know if it's that much faster than LTE. And yeah, it's not. And when it's on your phone. And it's like I'm not going to be watching videos on it or whatever because I'm not, you know, I got my data plan. I'm not going to use up, burn through my data like that. Yeah, we don't have unlimited. You know but what I mean. You,
0: what, what's your data plan? What do you have?
1: At the moment, it's a, it's a, like a shared with my family. But um, I think I'm on one of those too. Yeah. I don't so, know how many gigs it is. I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not trying to burn through it. So I feel like for the stuff that I actually do, you know, on, on data, I'm not sure if 5G makes that big of a difference. It's a flashy thing. It's great for Apple to talk about. It's great for the carriers to talk about. Not that big of a deal. And
0: apparently Apple's already working on 6G. Did you hear that?
1: Yeah, I, I think I read an article they really, about that.
0: They really can't wait. I do, I do wonder, though, because like, if 5G is this whole infrastructure that has to go out, like, can we not just give it a little while before we start working on the next one? I mean, I get that that's how technology works, prototypes and whatnot but my goodness yeah like uh, first of all if 6g is ostensibly better than 5g Mm -hmm. this might this might be one of those things where if someone pulls up this podcast episode in 15 years they're gonna be like look at this idiot this guy was so (laughs) stupid why in the holy hell would you ever need more than 2500 megabits per second download like we're a long way off don't get me wrong from having 25 megabit per second downloads being like a normal thing. Like it's still to the point where we're walking out of a building, see the thing, and literally jump up and down and everyone on the street is like, what the heck are these guys doing? Because we're seeing our ultra-wideband. But like, hypothetically, five years from now, if that's the norm, why would anyone possibly need more than that? That's twice as fast as the internet that I have at the office. (laughs) And I have no problems with that kind of speed.
1: I don't need that when I'm on the bus. Yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, I, I could see it being useful at home. Or like when I say at home, I mean, like if you're really you got a lot of people, you're really doing some intensive things. But yeah, when you're out on the go, I don't know about 5G. The other, the other one that people mentioned was MagSafe, which neither of us even have any MagSafe uh, accessories or products. It seems kind of cool, but like not really interested. Yeah, that's true. I think I don't know i I'm not I've never been a a big one to
0: accessorize my iPhone. I don't know actually, you know what? this is maybe an interesting topic. This wasn't one of our written down ones, but I, I'd be interested to see what Chat has to think. If you have accessories for your iPhone, there's an entire like economy of iPhone accessories out there. And I'll be honest, I don't really partake in it. Like I guess you could consider an Apple watch to be an accessory for the iPhone indirectly same with like AirPods or stuff like that yeah but i mean like direct iphone accessories mounts magsafe cases screen protectors even camera lenses that's another one that that there True. is let's get some more suggestions in the chat cuz i'm i'm trying to think of all the ones that there are that i don't have cuz <laughs> i don't i don't have anything i don't i don't have a case i think i've talked about this on the channel a couple of times but i have never and will never buy a case and put a case on my phone. I'm sure I'm going to get flamed in the old chat rooney here for saying that. <laughs> but I've never done it. I've never done screen protectors. I just... I've never done it. And I've never cracked a screen on one of my iPhones. So, that's a little flex right there. That's, that's pretty good.
1: But... Um yeah, I don't know. I used to, like, when I got the iPhone ten, I put a case on it because I figured it was, like, too expensive to not put a case on. But now I have my 12 Pro. Uh, I don't have a case on it. It's better. Um, I, the, the thing, so with the ten, it was like, oh, it's too expensive. I can't have a case on it. With the 12 Pro, it was like, oh, it's too beautiful. Mm. I can't put a case on it. So I And, and it, it's totally, you know, totally fine condition, totally good. So. I have to say, the so far I've really noticed with the 12
0: Pro, the stainless steel frame is indestructible. Yeah. Like, so I've never cracked a screen, but that's not to say that I've never dropped a phone or you know had some some dents and some dings. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen a couple of times. My iPhone XS got a little bit bruised. I did. I scratched the screen one time because I dropped oh. it and it like slid under my bed oh, on a hardwood floor. That one wasn't super good, but. I've never cracked a screen, but with the 12 Pro Max, I've inflicted damage to other things with it. <laughs> yeah, it's that like robust. I don't know, like I I dropped it on my I dented my floor at home. I put a big old dent in a wooden floor. I mean, granted, it, you know, stainless steel is harder than wood ostensibly, but yes, I've I've dented I dented a, a MacBook. Yeah, with, I was gonna I say I dropped my 12 Pro Max on the palm rest of my macbook and i put a dent in the macbook and i don't even know which corner it was on the on the iphone cuz it, it's there's nothing there's not even a, a scuff or a scratch it's it's actually pretty impressive you could probably use an iphone 12 pro max as a murder weapon i believe oh jeez not that you should i got to look out for you now yeah you better be careful you don't want to get on my bad side i got the <laughs> i got that dangerous phone yeah
1: <laughs> well i could uh, i could get you back I well, can, you have. I a can defend pro. myself. You can't really. That's not gonna win. Come on.
0: Have you seen the size of the camera bump on that thing?
1: I mean, okay, your phone is bigger. I'll give you that, but absolutely. I don't know. I think I could take you, take you on. I don't think so. I think we should find out. I don't. Okay.
0: Anyway, continuing on with the podcast. Someone. Well, there you go. Not putting a case on your phone is extremely lousy advice. I never said it was advice. Okay. I think we should be clear.
1: Granted, we are. This Arguably is an advice podcast, so I think most of the things we say are are, uh, are inherently taken as advice, given the context. But I yes. did say that I
0: would be flamed for saying it, which that means true.
1: that it was not a socially desirable position. Fair, that's fa- I think you covered, and
0: yourself. I think we were pretty clear about s- not. We weren't saying, "Hey, take the case off your phone and throw it away." I yeah. just said, personally, I've never done that. I'll fully admit that I'm an insane. Lunatic mm-hmm. for doing that because it's not smart, but you know, I I I don't know. I just every time I see an Apple keynote and they you know they they zoom in with their little shots in the space dust and you know they're like <laughs> oh look at the chamfered edges well not anymore but oh the the look at how precise and beautiful and then it's like okay but if I'm gonna buy this phone I want to experience that I want to feel those materials that matte glass mm-hmm. those stainless steel rails i don't want it to just be all like covered in a some like five dollar piece of plastic you know
1: no it's funny you say that because for my iphone 10 the case that i put on it was i think like ten dollars on oh. amazon
0: i know it, it is it is kind of funny <laughs> actually i think my dad could probably beat you on this oh, so boy. we're gonna have to go back a couple of years all right and Uh, He probably doesn't know that I'm going to put him on blast for this tonight. I don't know if my dad actually listens to the podcast. I might get a text about this tomorrow, but I'm (laughs) going to roast my own dad for a moment here. So we're going to rewind back to 2016, summer of 2016. This is right before the iPhone 7 was coming out. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a rumor when the iPhone 7 was coming out that there was going to be the smart connector... That we had on the iPad, Mm. and that that was going to make its way to the iPhone. Now, at the time, my dad was a part of, and he might still be, I don't know. It was like this weird app that was like for beta testing products, so he could... By, I think he would sometimes pay for it and sometimes not pay for it, but like if he did pay for it, it was very, very cheap. Okay, to get like pre production versions of products that were going to go on sale. That's cool. And there was an iPhone case company that was selling or uh, was beta testing iPhone 7 plus cases. Okay, and so he got this iPhone 7 plus case for either free or like $199. $1.99, $199, A dollar ninety nine, one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Just okay. to be clear. Okay. 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 And I think it may have been the worst case I've ever seen. I mean, it's not that it was; it was not excitingly bad. It was just your normal clear plastic case. Ugh. Yeah. But the thing that was really amusing about this case was that because he got it like right when the iPhone came out, but it was a pre-production case. It had a hole in the back of it for the smart connector that didn't actually exist. Nice. So, we just had a hole in the case <laughs> for no reason. That's pretty... That's, that's, I never heard that before. That's so funny. Yeah. And the side effect of this... Uh, and this case was terrible. He used it for two years. This pre-production case for the phone with the port that didn't exist yep. that cost him either nothing or less than four bucks. And he used it for two years... But it was such a bad case that it didn't even like seal properly and like a whole bunch of dust and stuff got in and completely ruined the paint Aww. on the black, not the piano finish space dust iPhone 7 Plus, the jet black one. It was just a normal black one, the matte, and completely ruined the case. The, Aww, the, man. It's all like pockmarked <sighs> and the, the the case itself became like this... this horrible brown yellow like the way that those Ugh. really really cheap plastic cases will oxidize
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it, it it looked absolutely disgusting it was terrible I'm like why this was an expensive phone it was a 128 gigabyte iphone 7 plus that was pretty expensive in 2016 so i was like why would you pair this with the worst case that has ever been manufactured it's a fair question to ask so that was my that was my roast uh, of my own dad there. Sorry. Sorry dad if you're watching this. <laughs> you know, it's funny actually uh, my dad listens to Gadgetcast. But, but I don't this. know if he listens to our podcast. Oh man. Although it is funny cuz he listened to he listened to Gadgetcast not knowing that I've been on it before. So he was listening to it one time and then they brought me on the show in this particular episode, and he <laughs> called me and he was like, "Wait, you were on GadgetCast? I've been listening to them for like a month." <laughs> that's so funny. he had no idea. That's really funny. Um, but I guess I guess, well, that's actually slightly awkward now because I've just admitted live in front of everyone that my own dad doesn't even yeah <laughs> listen to our podcast as much as our our rival podcast.
1: Yeah, right? Oh yeah. Our Someone's rivals. gonna
0: clip someone. Someone clip this and put this up on Twitter and let's see how long it takes Greg to flame me yeah, and rub this in my face. But anyway, while we're waiting for that to happen, why don't we move along to our next question, which was sent in. Let me pull this up here. I'm not prepared. Oh man, I lost it. Okay, I found it. So this was sent in by Jacob from the UK. And he wants to hear our thoughts on the viability of owning or obtaining a 5,1 Mac Pro. And of course, this is relevant now because those things are getting pretty old, 11 years old, and we're on the M1 transition period. So it's a very interesting question. And Jacob says, especially since we can get a metal-supported GPU, so you can use a Big Sur patcher on these 5,1 machines. And his school thinks their Mac Pro 5,1 died, although only the GPU is dead. And they are now turning it into an aquarium. (laughs) And he says that he thinks this is a waste, which is objectively true. If it's a working computer that just needs a new graphics card, it's probably best not to turn it into an aquarium. Also, how? How?
1: Yeah, I was going to add. Okay, so the 5, one Mac Pro, it's not the trash can, it's the one before that. Yeah. So it looks like the current one but, you know, the older the OG cheese older grater design, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say there's no like um like uh like clear panels or anything on it. It's so, like Correct. It's the fish is just going to like be chilling in there and no one no one can night see fish. it. Nightfish. Yeah, nightfish. There's night nightfish. They're
0: fish that only like dark aluminum
1: well, there's those weird, though, like weird fish at the very bottom of the sea with like all Ooh, the, the crazy, ones? like the ones that have like the lights that come like off of their heads. Oh, what are those called?
0: Someone in chat tell us what the light fish, you know, like the, the, in Finding Nemo. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: what I was the, thinking.
0: Of. The angler fish. Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure it's an angler fish. Someone's going to, someone's going to confirm that in chat, but I feel really smart right now because I'm pretty sure it's an angler fish. All right. And... That could be interesting because there's holes in the front, so the the glowing of the anglerfish could like peek out. Oh, I see. I see. That what would you be mean. very cool. I'm gonna assume. Yeah, someone look at that. I was right. Ang, someone said clownfish. That that's Nemo. That's Nemo. That's not the glowing fish. <laughs> yeah, there's another someone angler. Someone said pufferfish. I don't know. That that's not it either. Not, not quite what I was were right. Of. I was right about the anglerfish. Yeah. That was, like, the first time that I've been right. About anything. About anything. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'll give you that one. Yeah, wow. Impressive. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you... I'm going to assume that they're going to replace the side panels with plexiglass.
1: Okay, but then are they going to get, like, custom, like, Mac Pro-shaped plexiglass panels... And, oh, you can't just stick something on there. Yeah, and, I realize. Whatever.
0: I think I just completely ruined all of the um, like smart points that I got by remembering anglerfish and <laughs> thinking that the only thing you would need to do to turn the cheese grater Mac Pro into a fish tank is put plexiglass on the side. Mm. Never mind that there's holes
1: all over the front and back of it. I didn't think of that. To be fair, I didn't think of that either. You didn't think of that either? I was going to say that you would need to get like a pl- like custom plexiglass that was the right size, but I didn't think of the holes. The holes are going to be a problem. The holes are going to get you every time. Every
0: single time, you're not going to get it. you're not going to get away with that. So, I guess you got to plug the holes. Yeah. You got to get the plexiglass. Yeah. I feel like it would be easier to just update the thing to Big Sur. Yeah. And then you could just hook it up to a monitor and Google
1: aquarium 10 hour loop. Oh, I see. So it's not you're not turning it into an aquarium, you're turning it into an aquarium video player. I would even argue that you could put I- instead of sort of waterproofing a Mac Pro, mm-hmm. you could just put
0: a monitor in in it. That's true. And then just stream that. You could fit an Apple TV and a monitor. It's interesting. I would be better. Either way, I think we got a little off track a little bit. But uh, but I think honestly it's I don't know. I might have to do another uh, 5, comma 1 build this year. I've done a, I've done a bunch of those, but the one that I did last year, weirdly enough, wouldn't even be possible now because of the GPU thing. Hmm. So last year I did a it was either 500 or 550 dollar Mac Pro build, and it was a pretty pretty well rounded device. So I, I basically went for the six core Xeon. I think it had 16 or maybe 24 gigs of RAM. It had a 500-gig SSD plus a 1 or 2-terabyte hard drive, and then I bought an AMD Radeon RX 580.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, so y- you've probably already figured out the problem with that build. For 550 bucks. I mean, you'd be spending most of that on a 580 right now. Yeah. So it, for anyone watching along at home, if you go on eBay, as I am now... D- oh, my... What?! Someone is selling an RX 580 for
1: $750. And it says 74, 74 sold. Oh no.
0: Oh my goodness. I don't have to say
1: there's no way no one, that someone would buy it for $750 I and mean, it says 74 sold. So That's insane. Just wrong. Let me
0: let me go check on the how much people have actually paid. Like I don't care what they're listed for. Oh my gosh. Okay, 480, 365. 275 429 Ugh. 468 Someone, what? Okay, it's a special edition, but someone paid $700. So, yeah, all right, $400. That's literally almost all of the budget yeah. on the graphics card. Do you know how much I paid for the RX 580 last summer? How much? $90. Really? $90. It's a hell of an investment. It sure is. I should go take it back from the friend that I gave it to and sell it on eBay. <laughs> yeah. That's an incredible return. Yeah. Buy for 90, sell it for 450 on a 2017 GPU? Yeah. It's ludicrous. But the problem is, I think because of the GPU shortage, just as it's very sort of financially infeasible to build a gaming PC right now, that also applies to the 5, one Mac Pros. Like if you if you want to buy one of those and and upgrade it. If you think about like putting in a if you put in a if you put in a 580, you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks on the Mac Pro. You can upgrade the processor for about $20. Okay. Those okay. are still very cheap. Old Xeons are dirt cheap. Unbelievably cheap. But if you wanted to get a five comma one Mac Pro, go out and buy one and get a decent, not even a good, but just a passable GPU in it, you're gonna be in that thing seven, eight, nine hundred bucks. Which is just I could not there's no way that I could recommend (laughs) spending that amount of money on an eleven year old desktop. Yeah.
1: It's just not feasible. And it's not it's not officially supported anymore. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it'll run Mojave. Right. But not even... I don't
0: think Catalina was officially supported. Hmm. Because Catalina came out in 2019 and they had the the cheese grater, the new cheese grater Mac Pro, so they dropped the old one. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just ridiculous. And it's a shame because they're they're still decent computers. I mean, they're not great. In terms of power per watt, performance per watt, holy moly. Like, if you want to compete with the M1s, you got to get the dual CPU things... It's pretty insane, actually. Like, an M1 will very easily beat the fastest 12-core Mac Pro. And those things will use, like, 400 watts of power at full tilt. When you're running Cinebench, you're pulling, like, I mean, I think they're rated for 120 watts each per CPU, two CPUs. You're pulling 240 watts easily. Yeah Those things have Thousand watt Actually I think it might be Even fifteen hundred watt Power supplies Oh <laughs> It's ludicrous And You can beat it with a Freaking iPad Basically Yeah The Mac mini With like It's tiny little fan And it's little tiny board And this giant Mac Pro Going Sucking <laughs> up all that juice So yeah I mean In terms of If you're recycling A five comma one You know If it's a working computer, there's no need to throw it away. E-waste is a big thing. We don't want
1: it. (laughs) That's my
0: input there. We don't want e-waste. But I I can't recommend going out and building one right now
1: just because the GPUs are so expensive. You could hold on to it and wait for the price to come down. I feel like by the time that happens, it'll be even older, yeah, I don't see
0: this this GPU crisis ending anytime super soon. Uh, and actually, you know what? While we're on the subject of GPUs and Macs, I mm-hmm. think our next topic, literally right next to it in the list, yep. fits into this pretty perfectly. Mac OS for gaming. It's an oxymoron right there. Almost, almost literally an oxymoron. Or is it? So here was the question. Do you see Apple getting more into the gaming market and what could they do to get the customers to switch over? I mean, real triple A gaming. Do you think the way to go would be an Apple TV gaming console kind of thing, or just really good GPUs in Macs and contracts with game publishers to make games for Macs? How could they remove the stigma that Macs are not for gaming? Great, great question.
1: Yeah, So a lot of a lot of interesting uh, points in the question yeah. as well.
0: No, I think before we went live, you said that you had some thoughts on this. Do you want to start off?
1: I think we both, yeah, we both had some some good thoughts about this, but uh, sure. The first thing that I thought of was we have we have seen Apple trying to come into the gaming space a little bit, right? Apple Arcade's the obvious one. And, and the, the whole thing with Apple Arcade is that it's, I think it's really aimed towards casual gamers or even people who aren't really gamers. Mm-hmm you know what i mean like like you there's like gamers people who play games a lot right everyone will play a game every so often but a lot of people don't play games very frequently and i think apple arcade or at least the games that are on there are generally targeted towards people that aren't serious gamers they're they're not triple a titles by any means but they're good games i mean they're you know there's a lot of variety they're fun games they're very high quality It's a great service. And then there's been other things that Apple has done, um, you know, adding the support for game controllers Mm -hmm. to iOS and macOS and all that, which is really, really nice to use an Xbox controller. Or um, I have the Backbone controller. It's this uh, new controller you like slot your phone in and then you hold it like this, kind of like a Nintendo Switch sort of. And, um, and iOS has native, uh, controller support, so it just works in, in any game that supports controllers, the controller will work and it's, it's a great experience. So I think Apple has moved in that direction. Do I see them going full AAA and, uh, and, you know, making a game console or making like a really powerful Apple TV that, that, uh, well, first of all, like I mean, Apple hardware is already pretty powerful, so it's not like they have to go way out of their way to make something powerful enough. But um, I don't know. I feel like Apple has a very like family friendly or like mm-hmm. clean or whatever it is that like I can't imagine like like a, like a Call of Duty or something that they would be. And there's like the Call of Duty mobile thing that they do, but like a big like the big AAA titles. I don't know. I just I don't see it as much with Apple.
0: Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that in terms of like brand association, basically. Right. Because, so I think in the past, there's a, there's a couple different ways that you can approach this issue. I think mainly the reason that Macs haven't been used for gaming is the economy of scale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is not a market like gamers were not buying Macs because. Frankly, they're not, I mean, they've they've never been designed for gaming. You could always build a PC or buy a PC that had more powerful specs for less. That was always like, you know, in terms of like a box full of parts, you were going to get better, quote unquote, better gaming parts from a PC than from a Mac. But that was when Apple was using parts that PCs also used, right? Like, their Intel processors were not particularly unique. Sometimes there were special configurations, but nothing really crazy. However, because there weren't any gamers buying on Macs, there was no incentive for developers to make the games work on the Mac. So, a couple of them did. Like, Valve, a lot of Valve games will run on a Mac. Mm Mm-hmm but none of the like as you say AAA titles none of the, like the Call of Duty, The Witcher, Cyberpunk, those are not going to run on a Mac. And even like in Boot Camp or stuff, you wouldn't want to because they're not a, it's not an enjoyable experience to game on a Mac even if it's possible. Right. However, think of it this way. When app developers or game developers develop a game, they have to make it for Xbox and they have to make it for PlayStation. Those are specific, identical consoles, right? You design it for PlayStation and it works on all the PlayStations. So that makes sense, because you don't have to make the game scale, you're just making it to run on one system and everyone else that has that system will get the same experience. Mm -hmm. With Apple Silicon, you could make a similar argument because, yeah, when you when you build a PC, if, if you're making a game, a AAA title, and you're making it for PC support, you have to make sure that it runs on old Haswell CPUs paired with ancient 10-year-old graphics cards. You have to make sure that it works on an AMD CPU with an NVIDIA graphics card, an Intel CPU with an NVIDIA graphics card, an Intel with AMD, an AMD with AMD. There's a ton of combinations that you have to support. right? And you also have to try to make it run on older systems. So you have to, like, make the graphics able to run on, like, a 980 or a 1070. You also have to make it run well on a 3090. There's a lot of different things that you have to build for. But the incentive is there because the market is there. There's people on those systems that are going to buy your game. So it makes sense. With the Mac running Apple Silicon, I almost wonder if the incentive will come back in a way. If Apple, and this this assumes that Apple doesn't, you know, do anything to basically make it more difficult to develop for the Mac. But, like, realistically, if there are Macs that are more powerful than, than PCs that would actually be capable of running games, it would be easier to develop for a relatively confined system of computers that all have the ba- same basic foundation. iPhones, iPads, and Macs will all be very homogeneous, And there's only ever a maximum of like six or seven different models of Mac. So in theory, it wouldn't necessarily be that difficult to develop for them. So if Macs with M1X have decent GPUs, Apple makes some dedicated GPUs to the point where they are, you know, capable of gaming. And if, if game developers are able to develop on them, I could see some sort of gaming come back to the Mac. What I think would be more likely, actually, is an Apple TV game console. Mm-hmm. That I think I could see because Apple Arcade is very, like, mobile gaming. And an Apple TV would fit the bill for that.
1: That's true. I mean, we do have um, and uh, well, so I'll respond to that really briefly, but I wanted to also go back Uh, as far as like the Apple TV, like we do have the Apple Arcade uh, app on the Apple TV. And I think most, if not all of the Apple Arcade games, probably not all of them, but I'd say most of them will work on an Apple TV and you compare your Xbox controller, your PlayStation controller and you can play them. So if Apple wants to invest uh, even more into Apple Arcade and they put out an even more powerful Apple TV uh, to run the games, then they definitely could. But I do think you, you had an interesting point about um, like Macs becoming more homogenous and and um, you know being able to making I guess it being easier to support Macs or the idea of like you know you write your one thing and it'll work on all the Macs, right? I think the main there, I think there's sort of two things that are holding the Mac back. The first one is the game engines or the like runtimes or whatever. Mm. I, I don't, I'm blanking on the exact word, but like DirectX and Vulkan, I think are the two that's uh, true, yeah. the two big ones. And I don't think either of them work on a Mac. There might be something with Vulkan uh, on a Mac. I'm not entirely sure, but with DirectX, I know that's like a Microsoft thing. So, um, so that's one thing right? Now Apple has Metal, right? And Metal is uh, basically, it's like their version of OpenGL, which is, you know, a standard um, graphics library. But it's it's their, it's their version, and it's, uh, it's even more native. Um, you know, they called it Metal because it's running like on the bare metal of the machine. So it's like super optimized and all that. So, and that's what like all the games will use, like the games on Apple Arcade, and, you know, any games or simulations on a Mac, you're going to want to use uh, Metal for that. So Apple does have that in place i don't know how well it plays with the other um you know architecture things like DirectX and and vulcan and you know unity and and unreal engine i don't know if they export to to metal or not but i think the other the other part though is just about um like apple apple i don't think is going to try to advertise towards gamers and mm. they're not going to release a Mac with an RGB keyboard and like, you know, gamer lights and, and, uh, and whatever. So, so I feel, and I feel like if Apple, if Apple isn't the one to take, let me, let me put it this way. If Apple took the initiative to say, we want to, we want to reach gamers and they really, you know, put out, they put the the effort in, you know, to put out the ads and, and change the image and they were able to get developers to develop apps for the Mac or develop games for the Mac, you know, port their games over whatever, and make it a bigger, uh, a bigger thing. Then maybe it could happen. But I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't see people just saying like, "Oh, well, the Mac is, you know, maybe it's easier to develop for now, or oh, it's more powerful now." I'm gonna go put my game on there, and hopefully, some people are gonna, you know, start gaming on a Mac. I feel yeah. like it needs more of a push, and I don't think that's gonna happen.
0: That's true. There definitely has to be a top-down push because game developers, like, you have to keep in mind. Like with what Noah said. I mean, DirectX, Vulkan, all these game engines aren't really designed. They don't really have a an analog on Mac OS. So it's not even a matter of demand. It's a matter of like, like if you're going to develop a game, you want to know that people are going to play it where you're developing for. And why are you going to hire a whole bunch of Mac programmers and invest? hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars to get your game or your game engine optimized for the Mac if Apple's not going to really give you any help. Because Apple Apple is very, like, you know, they they like to pretend that they're all neutral. You know, they like to pretend, oh, we like app developers. We want you to develop what you want to develop. They're absolutely not. Every single thing that Apple does is very, very cultivated and is designed to boost... The image of what Apple is, and you're absolutely right, Noah. If Apple doesn't think that gaming fits their image, which I think it very much doesn't, then they have no incentive to make it easier for games to run on on the Mac. Like, do you think do you think that Apple is just like clueless and they can't figure out how to get games on their platform? Absolutely not. Believe you me, if Apple wanted gamers, Apple would have gamers.
1: Yeah, no, I think, well, but but I think that's kind of the point. Like when you look at at Apple Arcade, you know, Apple was trying to get into the gaming scene, I guess you could say. And they said, well, look, we have the App Store on the iPhone and people play tons of games on the iPhone. So let's, we're going to get into it by doing these like casual you know pick up and play games that are optimized for a phone and the the games look great and a lot of these games are available on other platforms they the games look great they play great i'm not i'm not saying anything bad about the games at all mm-hmm. but if you look at the games that apple has and how they play and what they look like it's very reflective of the rest of apple as far as like you know they're targeting the broadest uh you know the broadest. First of all, they're targeting the broadest possible group. They're saying you know people who play games on their phones, which is pretty much everyone. Even if you're not a gamer, you you know play a game on your phone, right? And the kinds of games that they have are are um, you know, I don't even know how to how to say it exactly, but they're just you know like general, widely appealing, uh, you know, mobile games, I guess. Yeah, and I think. I, there's definitely people,
0: I mean, if you've ever gone on like, any sort of, if you've ever had to research anything gamery, there's a very clear sentiment amongst quote-unquote real gamers that mobile gaming is not real. Right. But you could argue that it's just as big an industry. I mean, it, 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 it's objectively still gaming. If you are playing poker, if you're playing solitaire on your phone, then technically you're playing a video game. It, like definitionally Yeah uh, it's, it's certainly been gatekeeped To be much more narrow uh, Like for example I had a There was this one guy On Twitter That like got into This whole argument With, a, with like some of my followers Because he was saying That if, if you can't play Real games It's not a real computer Like if you can't Do everything The, the crux of his argument This was definitely A PCMR guy mm-hmm. And this is actually Quite an amusing Argument to make was basically if I can't do everything on my computer, it's not a complete computer. And his definition of everything was like PC apps. Yeah. And obviously that's a hilariously terrible argument to make to say, if I can't do everything, it's not a real computer. So therefore you can't buy a Mac. The very, the very immediate thing that I thought of was, well, I'm a Final Cut Pro user. Right. So by that argument, a PC is not a complete computer because it can't run Final Cut Pro. So like, obviously, that's a ludicrous and absurd argument. But that's just the way that, <laughs> that's the way that some people think. And quite <laughs> frankly, I don't think Apple gives a hoot about appealing to, to that mindset, you know? Yeah. Like, do you? first of all, do you ever think, like if you think about Apple and marketing, it's very slick, it's very intentional. They never admit that they're wrong, even when they are <clears throat> butterfly keyboard. <laughs> Could you imagine Apple making an ad for gamers? Just think about what that would possibly look like.
1: Yeah, I don't know the 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 uh, the upbeat music and the mm-hmm. and the clean sh- the white room shots of uh, of the hands touching on all the things, tapping the buttons. I don't know. I don't know if that would work for it work. the gamer crowd. Like imagine
0: like if you have ever seen a Razer commercial or like an ROG commercial, you can clearly see they're like, "Okay, this is they like have like the epic music and like da 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 and then they have like the lights and the the vents and they're like, "Oh, look at how cool this looks. Oh, you're going to so many frames. Oh man, you're going to play so many games on this." Imagine for one iota of a second an apple ad with like an angular like venti cover like snarling computer and like oh look at all these frames look at all you can kill people play violent video games that is so not apple yeah (laughs) it's it's i mean it's it's even it's funny though because like I think with Apple Silicon, as I was saying earlier, you could definitely make the argument that it it might be easier. Like if you were developing a game from the ground up, it might be easier to do that for a Mac because you don't have to deal with as many. You don't have to as wide a range of configurations and drivers and compatibilities because there's only a finite number of Macs that are pretty small. So in terms of support, it would probably be easier than building for PC from from ground up, not like trying to port it over. That's probably very difficult. Yeah. But there's no motivation to because Apple is never going to orient themselves for gamers. Gamers are never going to orient themselves to Apple. Gamers hate Apple. Yeah. Game-o- gamers, every time Apple comes out with anything, gamers are frothing at the mouth with rage because they hate it with so much of their core being for no real discernible be- reason. Because, like, if they weren't going to buy it and Apple didn't try to,
1: Tell them to buy it. Like, what's the big... Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't... I don't see it happening beyond... Like, Apple knows where they want to go in the gaming space. And they're that's where they are with Apple Arcade. And they can make it... They can expand it. They can add more games, make it bigger. But they're not going to... I don't think they're doing triple A.
0: Yeah, one of the... Uh, so one of the other questions that we have here... I'll see if I can find the email. Uh, was talking about... Whether or not we think that Mac OS and iPad OS are merging. I think this has been a topic of discussion for a while. Pretty much, I would say, it, it probably started around the original iPad iPad Pro, I think. Like 2015. Because uh, that was when... Actually, was it that year or was it the next year when Apple started doing like the... It's not a computer, it's an iPad. Or What's like a the, computer? What's a computer? That whole ad campaign that... Yeah. Got quite a bit of ridicule. Uh, it's funny because I think that campaign was about two years early, maybe three years early, because I think it's a n- decently valid argument now. I mean, there was a while when Noah, you were basically using your iPad only.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, like that's that's like the thing that I feel very strong about the iPad is that I'd say the majority of people. Not people watching this podcast or yeah. listening to this podcast, but the majority of people in general your parents, your grandparents, etc can use an iPad for all the stuff they need to do or almost all the stuff they need to do totally fine no problem yeah the majority of people
0: browsing the web easy
1: check your email, Facebook yeah. social media watching a video calling a video call voice call whatever you, it's could all even, there.
0: you can even argue that it, it adds a little bit more for the quote-unquote sort of nebulous average consumer. You could even argue that it adds more value to them in so far as, like, the widely accessible mobile games that are available on an iPad are definitely better. Like, I don't really know of any mobile games that you would play on a Mac. Like, I know I, in the iMac mini video, I played Crossy Road as, like, a goof, but you yeah. would never actually play that on a Mac. Yeah, Like, that's ridiculous. There's, there's a lot of iPad games. I mean... My mom has an iPad Pro 9.7 inch that is, I mean, that's a pretty old thing, but she still plays a lot of games on it. Nice. She has like a, like Sudoku. Love that one. Gotta have Sudoku. Love it. iPad is great for mom's Sudoku. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to think of a better <laughs> medium for moms to play Sudoku than than on an iPad. That's, that's <laughs> true. So... Like I think there's a very decent argument to be made that for most people, not only could you get what you need to get done done on an iPad, but you could probably do it better than on a normal mac
1: yeah, it's easy like like if you think about like your parent- like parents, grandparents, people who are somewhat less tech uh, literate and I'm not trying to uh to offend anyone but mm. for the people who are less technically literate and
0: that's not a problem by the way you don't have to be that's fine. a nerd like
1: us that's totally fine well i'm not a nerd but <laughs> but uh but yes for for those people um in that demographic it is better right you go in the app store and you download your stuff and it's a lot easier you don't have to worry about like viruses and updates whatever it's just it's a easier oh, experience true. you yeah. know i mean just, it's it just me- works <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't argue with that to be honest though. Like, I don't know. iPads iPads have been really really solid in terms of they last a long time given how much they cost. I mean, if you if you're talking about compared to some Android tablets, yeah, sure, they're probably a little more expensive. Like an iPad Pro 800 bucks, pretty expensive. But compare that to like if you were to buy a new laptop, an $800 budget is not outside of the realm of what people are willing to spend. And iPads present a pretty compelling value. Now, granted, y- you could make the argument that you have to accessorize a fair bit. Like personally, I think you need a keyboard. If you wanted to, if you want to make the argument that an iPad can replace your laptop, and I'm quite curious, I'll probably do a video where I'll I'll try to replace my laptop with whatever new iPad Pro comes out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to really do that, I think realistically you need a keyboard. You're not gonna be doing serious productivity uh, on, on on the screen keyboard. That's just not gonna happen.
1: Yeah, well I mean if you're doing if you're writing a lot of emails or doing word processing or whatever, yeah, you're gonna want a keyboard.
0: Yeah. But I think back to the original question, are they gonna converge? I don't think so. I could see why people were concerned when iPads started to get more powerful and more Mac features. And Macs I guess they didn't really get any more iPad E, apart from the design themes this year with Big Sur. But I I don't I don't see them converging because I don't see them really they don't really fulfill the same tasks. Like there would be a lot of steps that would have to happen to get the Mac to be exactly like the iPad. And I don't think that even though it seems close i don't think it's as close as it seems
1: yeah i i think they don't they're not going to they're not going to merge because I mean, they're different products, and Apple wants them to be different products so that you'll buy both of them. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, but but I mean, not just so that you'll buy both of them, but so that they're not making the same. You know, it'd be kind of weird if they're making sort of the same product. In, I think for in, a large part, it's because they want you to buy. both But yes, of them. they want you to buy both. I think that's okay. exactly what it is. <laughs> to be to be fair, though, um, no, it's it's not gonna. They're not gonna merge, but they. Have absolutely gotten closer uh, together. You know, you can talk about things like the Mac design being more like iPad OS, but the big thing is, um, you know, the marzipan. Uh, you know, porting iPad apps over to the Mac, yeah. and even now on like Big Sur and you know the latest Xcode and stuff. It's not even – it's like Marzipan, the – I don't know what the official name – what was the official name for that? Uh, Catalyst, Catalyst, right? Catalyst. So Catalyst um, of – you have an iPad app. You want to put it on the Mac. That's sort of a stopgap, right? The way – if you use Apple's latest tech stack, their latest uh, you know, frameworks and all that, the app that you build will be compatible with Mac, iPad, iPhone right out of the box without – it's one – the way they change it, and you use SwiftUI, and, and basically the way it works is you have, you know, your your common directory, your shared directory that has all the stuff that's shared across the platforms, and then you have a directory for iPad specific and Mac specific and iPhone specific. But the vast majority, pretty much all of your app is going to be in that shared directory that's shared amongst all of the things, and it's just it, out of the box native runs on all the platforms. So that's that's Apple's future. If you use their latest tech stack and you do what they want you to do, then your app is gonna run on a Mac and an iPad just the same. So that's they're not gonna they're not gonna merge. You're not gonna be running Mac OS on an iPad, but you know, we're getting to the point where you're gonna be running a lot of the same apps and the apps on the iPad are getting more powerful. You know, maybe we'll get Final Cut and Logic Pro on the iPad eventually. So they're not going to merge, but they're absolutely getting closer together.
0: I think that's a very interesting – it's an interesting point because I think the fact – some people have been looking to the fact that the – like, well, I mean, obviously on a very fundamental level, the, the silicon is more similar than ever. Yeah. Apple silicon, like the M1, is an iPad chip. I guarantee that the A14X is going to be identical in almost every single way they're probably the same exact chips from the same wafers I would I would not be surprised in the slightest if that were the case but with different accelerators and encoders mm-hmm. enabled or disabled you mm-hmm. know I, I think that they're probably going to be the, exactly the same so right now the the you could make the argument that the m1 max are iPads just in different shapes but all of that catalyst the fact that you can run apps on multiple on, on, on iPads and Macs as well, To me, that speaks more to we want these devices to be more complementary rather than more similar. Because if Apple wanted you to replace your Mac with the iPad, they would make the iPad more expensive. True. The iPad is an iPad Air is $600. Do do you really think that Apple wants you to, to spend less money when you could spend more? No, they didn't make the iPad Air $600 so that you could save $400 over the MacBook Air. They made it so you could say, oh, well, it's only another $600. I'll buy both. Right. So (laughs) I think for people that are afraid that Macs and iPads are going to become the same thing, that is not a very good business model, and that's why it's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. (laughs) And someone said sounding like LTT, what, by being right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what's wrong with that? Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Dark Mode. We had a good time, good discussion. Mm-hmm. Definitely definitely send us any suggestions for topics, things that you're looking for advice on. Uh, we're thinking actually of next year, uh, next year, wow, next week, doing a bit of like a YouTube tell-all
1: and kind of discuss how it works yeah how we i mean i'm I'm obviously much uh less of a youtuber than Lucas, but your channel's older than mine it's true we both have we both have youtube channels we've both had a lot of experience uh we both have some interesting stories to tell yeah I'm sure you have some numbers to share that, that yeah well, interesting. we can
0: sh- we can share some numbers I'm not sure how how in in depth we want to go on all of the numbers, but I would certainly be open to exploring anything that you guys have for us. So if you're watching right now live or if you're listening to this, let us know. Send over any questions that you have about what it's like to run a YouTube channel. And I mean, obviously, we're not the end-all, be-all experts here. We're not, you know, we don't have 10 million subscribers. But from, from what our experiences are, I think it would be interesting to see what you guys want to know and see what we could help you with. So definitely uh, send over any questions to submissions at Mm darkmodepodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Have a good night.